Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast with me, your host, John Chapman. I am really excited about today. Because this is a new practice for me. I went through and finished all of my offensive projections for the 49ers in the 2019 season. So team offensive stats and individual offensive stats. Plus, uh, minicamp wrapped up today. So we have a couple updates from our head coach, Kyle Shanahan, on that. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into the Kyle Shanahan uh, minicamp press conferences from yesterday and today. There wasn't really a lot of juicy details Um, that came out but I think there are some things that are very telling you know one of the first questions and Kyle Shanahan was dealing with this both days is the reporters just keep asking okay who is ahead with the backup quarterbacks is it CJ is it Nick Mullins and they have a little bit of a extra advantage going into the offseason because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not taking snaps with the first team in 11-11 team drills so uh, the backups who already have quite a bit of experience for backups going into training camp as far as the NFL goes. They both have considerable playing time over the last two years, but Kyle Shanahan is not going to tip his hat at all. Uh, Basically said they rotate days with who goes first, who's the starter, and they just go back and forth. So they both played very, very well, and this is something that he said on both days, but the competition will not start with the backup quarterbacks until training camp which is what you want to hear your coach say again. You know, I've been very adamant. I love Nick Mullins. That guy is just an absolute stud. Um, But anyway, so there's that. Debo Samuel has a tweaked groin, and this is an interesting notification and development. It doesn't seem too big of a deal. The word tweaked kept being put out there and if you follow like roto uh, roto wire or any of those things it says it's a hip issue and a lot of it ha- this has to do with the way in which the nfl designates injuries uh, they do not have a groin designation it, it falls under hip issue so that's why you're seeing these two different stories out there but just understand debo does have a hip issue uh, there's no reason to press him he's going to have a little over 40 days off and so he just needs to get healthy that's really all that it is and another wide receiver issue that's been probably more active on Twitter than with the 49ers was they asked, what are your thoughts on Marquise Goodwin trying to uh, qualify for the Olympics in 2020? And Kyle Shedhead said, I don't really have an opinion on it, to be honest with you. And we'll probably have to wait to have an opinion on it in 2020. It has no bearing on this year. And I've said this before, you know, I'm a huge Longhorn fan, born and raised in Texas. And Marquise Goodwin, he qualified for the Olympics while playing for the Texas Longhorns whenever he was in college and had his best year that same year. So it's not something that's going to distract and or take away, or at least it shouldn't, uh, just because, again, it's it's a speed and in shape issue that should not detract from football whatsoever. 
But I would not be surprised if this is Marquise's last year with the 49ers. I do believe he is a lock this year. But, uh, again, just like Kyle Shanahan, I don't even have an opinion on it right now, and I won't for a whole other year. So this is not a 2019 issue. Some good news, Jimmy Garoppolo got his very first snap in team today. So I'm recording this on Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to it. And so the very first play in 11-on-11 at minicamp, Jimmy G was out there and he completed the pass to Dante Pettis. But defensive lineman got a little too close to him. Coach Shanahan said, no way, let's stop this. Gets the defensive line off the field, and they go through their two-minute drill to end practice, which is a great way to end practice. And sure enough, uh, it concludes with a touchdown pass to Dante Pettis in the two-minute drill. So that happens. Jimmy G got his accidental first snap um, in team drills. But what this does mean and what Kyle Shanahan said is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarek McKinnon and Quan Alexander, all coming off ACL injuries, all should be full go at the start of training camp. Now, you'll limit their snaps, but the fact that you know they should do all individual stuff, I, I doubt that they will all be a full go. Um, you just got to be careful getting back into the thick of things. But this is all good news. So really, really excited. And then he also said, Jimmy Garoppolo has come out and said he will be going to Los Angeles and working with a very famed throne coach, Tom House, until training camp. So for about 40 days, he's going to work with Tom House. Tom House became famous in baseball, actually, working with pitchers, throwers, throwing motions. He's worked with Tom Brady, lots of other quarterbacks, and probably more relevant to 49ers fans. He was one of the main reasons why Alex Smith went off in 2012. So that was uh, Alex Smith has given him a lot of credit saying how much he changed the way that he delivers the ball. And, you know, Alex Smith, you can say whatever you want. His 2012 season was legit. Uh, and like I said, Tom Brady's worked with him as well. So that's going to be something to look forward to. I don't think he has a bad throwing motion, but every single quarterback, it doesn't matter who you are, you can always clean up your throwing motion or golf swing. That's just the way that it goes. So, that was minicamp. Now, there were a couple other just small tidbits that were brought up that I found very interesting. One is there's only 10 players left on our 90-man roster that were here before Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch came over. And it, this just goes to show you how much turnover we've had, uh, you know, this being the third year. It's been very, very dramatic to say the least. And Tavarius Moore, another guy who's gone through a position change, he was back at safety, got another pass breakup today on a corner route, which is just great. Really, really excited about that. Hopefully he continues to shine at that spot. But that's really about all the practice notes we got from today so far. Um, they did announce that we will be having some joint practices with the Denver Broncos before our preseason game with them, which that's going to be a lot of fun. If you remember last year, uh, we had the Houston Texans, and there was a fight between Jimmy Ward and um, you know their wide receiver, Hopkins, which was a lot of fun. And the next big date that you need to circle is July 27th, which is when training camp for the 49ers is going to begin around that, that date. Uh, that's the earliest we can start, according to the NFL rules, 15 days before our first preseason game scheduled. So July 27th, you know, we got a little bit of time. It's going to be about 40 days, and then we are back into the swing of actual football season, uh, which I am very, very excited about. Now, before we jump into breaking down every single thing in stat projection, um, every individual team, everything, how many carries each player gets, receptions, targets, all that, 
Uh, I want to take just a real quick second to thank our sponsors, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. These guys are just absolutely incredible. You hear me talk about them all the time. It's because I believe in them. Um, if you want something, you know, Father's Day coming up, and if your family is sitting there saying, man, what do you want for Father's Day? I don't know. Tell them you want a jersey off of Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. I have my Navarro Bowman one that I got from them. They've got everything you could ever want. Joe Montana's birthday just passed. You can get a Joe Montana jersey, whatever. Head over to Game Day Sports and Memorabilia for all of your memorabilia needs. Now, let's jump in and talk stats. And let me just explain to you a little bit of the process that I went through to get this. And just so you know, this is an insane process. Um, it is very, very stressful to say the least. But it was very – I learned a lot through it. So what I did, I took the averages from the 2017 and 2018 NFL season, um, reviewed those, tried to mitigate and figure out what the jump was from the first year in Kyle Shanahan and second year. Then I compared that to the 2016 Falcons, uh, which if you remember, that's when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots last second. But – that basically, I used that year as the ceiling for one of the most efficient offenses in the history of the NFL was that year. Um, now, I'm not saying that we're going to do that, but taking all of the projections from you know the last two years, averaging those together, figuring out the jump, and then trying to guess how much more of a jump will take place in 2019, but keeping everything well below that 2016 uh, Falcon season. And, and so processing that. And just going through all of those numbers. So here's what I want to start off with. This is the average of the last two years under Kyle Shanahan, okay, in some key categories. So it's going to be very numbers heavy. So I'm going to repeat myself a lot with the different categories of uh, numbers I'm talking about so that you don't get lost. And it, hopefully this is going to be beneficial to you. So starting off just with the team, this is just the summary of the last two years. And this kind of helped me figure out the floor for what's going to happen in 2019. So first off, points scored, 336 points. And I'm going to compare this with what the Falcons did in 2016. So this is the height of what Kyle Shanahan can create. We scored 336 on average the last two years. Falcons scored 540. <laughs> so you can see an additional 200 points there. There's a lot of room to grow there. Total yards, 49ers average last two years, 5,678. Falcons, 6,653. So again, another 1,000 yards there till we can reach our ceiling as what an offense can do. Total plays, we actually ran more plays, 1,030 uh, on average the last two years to the Falcons, 995. They were very efficient. And yards per play, which was one of the greatest metrics to measure an offense in all of the statistical categories. Last two years, we averaged 5.6 yards per play, whereas the Falcons in 2016, 6.7. So I, I think these numbers are going to continue to jump up, but we still have some – we still got a lot of room to go. Turnovers, we averaged 28 turnovers per year. And, again, this is just purely offense. The Falcons limited that to 11. Um, first downs the last two years, we averaged 333 versus the Falcons 379. So, again, those are just total whatever. Now let's focus on the passing offense because this is where – I think that we have to make the most improvement. Our running game is pretty solid. And as we go over these numbers, I think we're going to be able to see that. Uh, pass completions, the average for the last two years, 347 passes completed on 574 passes attempt. 
Whereas, again, let's look at the Falcons. 406. Sorry about that. 422 completions on 655. So they threw the ball more, but they were even more efficient, which is the problem. And our touchdown-to-interception ratio is trash last two years. 21 interceptions to 18. Uh, 21 touchdowns to 18 interceptions. That can't cut it. Uh, basically, the floor kind of idea that you want for quality quarterback or a passing offense is two to one touchdown to interception ratio. We're very low on touchdowns and we are very high on interceptions. This has to change. Absolutely has to change. And then again, another key metric is net yards per attempt. We have been at 6.4 over the last two years. But if you look at the Falcons, they were at 6.2 with one of the greatest uh, passing things ever they were at 6.2 and then they jumped up to 8.2 that key season so it, we're kind of in flux with that if we can get there you know in that seven range that's where things are going to have to happen now uh running game we've done relatively well on this uh average the last two seasons 416 rush attempts for 1782 yards that's 4.3 yards per carry there is nothing wrong with that. That is top 10 in the NFL and kind of a trademark of just the Shanahan system going back to Kyle Shanahan's father. Uh, yards per attempt rushing-wise has always been key, and this is a big reason why a lot of people have said, you know, it doesn't matter which running back we have, we are going to have success there. Now, the problem that we have had is just rushing touchdowns. Only 11 rushing touchdowns for the 49ers over the last two years, whereas, again, you go back to the Falcons, they had 20 rushing touchdowns and 4.6 yards per rushing attempt. So the, the you could see right off the bat the very clear categories where things are going to have to be improved. Red zone efficiency, which has always been a knock for the 49ers, you've got to increase that. If we can do that and just get more touchdowns, less field goals, I think we're going to be okay. So to start my projections, here's what I did. I averaged the two years, which you just heard. Then I compared those to how much that jumped up, okay? So, for example, 2017 passing yards was 5,587. 2018 passing yards, 5,769. So you take those. I'm sorry, that's total yards. You subtract them. It's a difference of 182 yards. And I think what's our jump going to look like next year? So if we add that, that's going to put us right around that 6,000 total yards for an offense, I think we're actually going to do much better than that. And the main reason why is because of Jimmy Garoppolo. We have the exact same starting five offensive line there, and we are returning pass-catching running backs with a better wide receiver core than we had the previous year. Now, injuries are going to come into effect. There's no doubt about that. But the problem I have with that is this does not take into account injuries. Um, as I go through and stat this out, it's impossible to predict who is going to be injured unless Jimmy Ward wants to play offense. Then we could predict that. But these are the way in which I tried my hardest to figure out exactly what these numbers are going to be. So let's go through. This is the last part of team numbers, and then I'm going to break down all the individual stuff, which is probably the stuff you want to hear the most. So here we go. 2019 49ers team stat projections, okay? Total points scored, 404. And again, all of these numbers match up to each other. So I came up with these numbers through a formula I created. Then I went and individually statted out. But 
it didn't match up. So then I have to adjust. Well, I think Dante Pettis is going to have a little more. So I got to go back and add total yards, which is going to affect yards per play, which is going to affect touchdowns and all this stuff. And I just kept going back until everything fit. Now, total pay plays 1,003, very similar to where we have been. Uh, the 49ers are always going to be up near the top of the NFL in total plays. It's just part of the Kyle Shanahan thing. Now, yards per play. Again, this is something that I talked about. I think we're going to be up around that 6.25, which is huge for yards per play. You know, if you look at what the 49ers have done, um, you know, in 2018, we were at 5.8. And in 2017, we're at 5.3, so it jumped up a full half a yard. I think we still have way far to go on that one. And we've got a lot of big plays, uh, receivers that can do that. Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, even though he's a rookie, Marquise Goodwin. We're bringing in brand-new big play running backs in Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman. I, I think that that is going to continue. Tw uh, turnovers, we've got to drop that number down to 25. Uh, that's where I have us at. We had 28 last year, so I still think we're going to struggle there, but it's going to be improvement. First downs, 211 yards. Now, pass completions, our passing offense for 2019. I have us going 396 out of 601 attempts. So we're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, that That's just what it is. The 49ers throw the ball like crazy. Again, if you look back at our last two years, we had 607 pass attempts in 2017 and then 532 we dropped off last year but i think um, we are going to be throwing the ball much much more just because look at our draft history look what we have been doing i think our offense is going to stay on the field a lot more too which is going to help us in that situation as well um, so here we go total yards passing 4386 and our touchdown to interception ratio 31 touchdown passes to 18 interceptions this one again we're still under that two to one touchdown to interception ratio, which is bad, but goodness, <laughs> we've got to have this fixed. So hopefully this will happen. Net yards per attempt, 7.2. First downs passing, 210. So that's our passing offense, which if we do this, that's going to put us pretty close to number 11 passing offense in the NFL, which the 49ers, we, we were, Kyle Shanahan's always a huge passing volume coach and play caller. Um, and he's much more efficient in the run game. So very efficient in the running game, high volume in the passing game. And these numbers kind of stay with that. Now the rushing offense projections, here we go. 402 rushing attempts for 889 yards, which comes out to that 4.7 yards per attempt, which is elite. But I think that we can hit those numbers this year. We Joe Staley, the best blocking offensive linemen in the entire NFL, McGlinchey, you know, all across the board. I really do believe uh, we have gotten better up front. And so I, I think that those numbers can happen. I have a 14 rushing touchdowns. That number's pretty low for NFL standards. I wish I could get that number higher, but I just couldn't do it in good faith. And 101 rushing first down. So again, all of these categories would put us in that kind of 8 to 15 uh, range for total offense based on 2018 metrics. So uh, I'm trying my hardest to kind of, how do I say this, be modest and honest at the same time. Um, I hope our numbers are better than this, but this is what I got. So let's go through the individual stats and how this is going to play out. So I have Jimmy Garoppolo taking 97% of the snaps. 
at quarterback, whether that's we're blowing out some team and Nick Mullins comes in or we just want to get him some work, whatever. So Jimmy Garoppolo's stats are he goes 384 for 582. So 384 completions on 582 attempts for 4,022 yards. I have him barely breaking that 4,000 number and a 33 to 17 touchdown to interception ratio. Running. I have him taking 26 attempts for only 12 yards and one rushing touchdown. So how I came up with these numbers is I took out sacks because, again, sacks count negatively against a quarterback for the rushing totals. So that's why 26 attempts for only 12 rushing yards. Um, Jimmy, he's not mobile, as we saw whenever he got injured last year. However, he can pick up first downs here and there, so that's where he is. Nick Mullins, I have taken. He's going to win the backup spot, in my opinion, taking 3% of the passing snaps. And he's going to finish with 12 for 19, 124 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and two rush attempts for negative seven yards. That's how I have statted him out. Now, the running back position was definitely the hardest. And good Lord, you could – a magic eight ball might have a better chance at trying to figure out how in the hell these splits are going to be divided. So here's what I attempted to do. You slot these players into certain roles. And for the first part, let's just focus on the big three and no particular order. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and Jarek McKinnon. Um, so Jarek McKinnon seems to have the most clearly identified role to start with, and that's the receiving guy. Um, I don't think that he's going to be used a lot in the red zone. I think that he's going to be that kind of within the 20-yard line. So, um, you know, the 20, 30, 40, 50, 40, 30, 20, that's where he's going to play. Matt Breida, I think, is probably the best goal line runner. Even though he might not be the biggest guy, he is the toughest and one of the best one-cut runner guys. I think that he's going to be goal line and short yardage with sprinkled in a little Jalen Hurd and short yardage. We'll talk about that in a second. So Tevin Coleman, who is this guy going to be? Tevin Coleman is a little bit more of an all-purpose guy, um, much more so than Breida. I think he's a little bit better receiving um, than Breida and a little bit better rushing than McKinnon. But I also think he's probably Kyle Shanahan's favorite, not to mention the fact he's the only one getting work right now all through OTAs and minicamp. So because of that, I had Tevin Coleman as my touch leader um, throughout the season. So here's the split on just rushing attempts, okay? And again, this isn't predicting for injury. It's impossible to predict that. So I have Tevin Coleman getting 137 rushing attempts, Matt Breida getting 124, and Jarek McKinnon getting 82. Now where I counterbalance that is receiving targets, okay? I have Jarek McKinnon leading in receiving targets with 51 targets, I have Matt Breida getting 27 and Tevin Coleman getting 31. So again, Tevin Coleman seems to be getting the most work um, under my projections of the formulas I kept working, but this can change game to game. So let's just see how this is going to play out. And again, this is based on their career yards per carry um, and their touchdown ratio. And so then I took their targets and I multiplied their targets by their career catch percentage and got these numbers on yards per reception and all these different things. So Tevin Coleman, as I said, 137 rush attempts for 616 yards and four touchdowns, which comes out to 4.5 yards per carry, which is in line with kind of his career average. Receptions on 31 targets, he catches 21 balls for 210 yards and two touchdowns 
One thing that stood out to me about Tevin Coleman's career numbers is he was always very high at reception touchdowns. He's not a great receiver, but when you get the ball to this kid in space with insane speed, he scores points. Um, so something to keep in mind, I could have him actually increase those reception touchdown numbers. Um, now, Matt Breida, let's look at his 124 rushing attempts for 632 yards. So even though he's getting less rushing attempts, he's getting more yards than Tevin Coleman Four rushing touchdowns. I think he's going to be the goal line back. Him and Tevin Coleman are going to kind of share that for 5.1 yards per carry. Again, Matt Breida was amongst the league leaders last year in yards per carry. And that's kind of what he specializes in. I think that will continue to carry on 27 targets for Breida. He's going to catch 21 of those for 174 yards and only one touchdown. Um, I don't think that's really his game, even though he can do it. But, you know, it's funny. Matt Breida's first year, he was around 50% catch rate, which is abysmal. Last year, he's way over 80%. So hopefully he continues to work on that and improve in that area. I love Matt Breida. He's, he's my favorite running back in this bunch. I would start him. He would be my day one starter personally. I just don't think Kyle Shanahan believes that or wants that. Now let's get to Jarek McKinnon. This is where it gets interesting, okay? So 81, or sorry, 82 rushing attempts for 418 yards. I have him getting three touchdowns. I think this is a number that could go down because I don't think he's going to get a lot of carries in the goal line. But the one thing that Jarek McKinnon has done everywhere he's been is he's going to hit one or two of those 40-slash-50-yard touchdowns just because his speed is insane. I have him at 5.1 yards per carry. So, again, if this is the case and these numbers all match up, Tevin Coleman, 4.5 yards, amazing. Matt Breida, 5.1 yards per carry, amazing. Jerick, uh, Jet McKinnon, 5.1 yards per carry, amazing. These big play, high efficiency running that Kyle Shanahan brings everywhere. Now, passing game, 51 targets for McKinnon. He's getting 37 catches. He actually has a pretty low catch rate, uh, which was surprising. But um, if you look at how Minnesota used him, he was split out as a wide receiver. He wasn't getting a lot of the swing passes. He was running the full route tree if you go back and watch his film. So that's why his catch percentage is a little bit lower. So 51 targets, 37 catches for 364 yards and only one touchdown. Again, he's not going to be getting goal line work. So his touchdown numbers might be a little bit lower than this. Um, next up, and these guys are always fun to <laughs> uh, kind of figure out how they're going to be used. Kyle check the juice. Um, I only have him getting eight rushing attempts, which is what he got last year. Um, people think that he's the short yardage guy. He never gets the ball really uh, very often. Uh, so eight rush attempts for 30 yards, zero touchdowns, uh, receptions, 33 targets, right on par with what he's got in the last two years for 24 receptions, 194 yards and zero touchdowns. Use check snaps won't go down, I believe, but again, he is there to create max protection for the quarterback on pass plays and to get you an extra blocker. Um, to seal the edge on outside zone read. That, that's kind of what he does, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I do think, will get some snaps, but not too many. I only have him getting 18 carries on the year for 75 yards and four passing targets for three receptions and 21 yards. Now, uh, I don't. Raheem Mostert will make this roster because he's such a stud special teamer. I do not think that he will receive any offensive work whatsoever as long as the big three running backs are going to be out there. And we saw this a lot last year. Um, even with Jarek McKinnon hurt, 
Mostert was not a factor whatsoever. And I don't think that he will be until one of those big three or two of those big three or, God forbid, what happened last year, all three of our top running backs go down. So Mostert's going to kind of be the cleanup guy there. All right, let's move to the fun pass catchers. Here we go. Dante Pettis I have leading the pack big time. I have him receiving 92 targets, and I have fiddled with his numbers so stinking much because he is so close to a 1,000-yard receiver for me this year. I just don't think that the Kyle Shanahan offense is going to focus that much on one receiver. It seems like we're just going to spread it out so much. You know, uh, Kittle obviously is going to have the most targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns. But as far as the receiving core, Dante Pettis is going to be the guy. If OTAs and minicamp has taught us anything, it's Dante Pettis' show. Um, that's what it's going to be. So 92 targets for 58 receptions, 864 yards, and seven touchdowns. It would be amazing if we could have a receiver get seven touchdowns. You know, if we look at this year, Dante Pettis had five touchdowns, and he only started seven games. Uh, George Kittle tied for touchdown receptions lead with only five as well. We have to improve in the red zone. So that's Dante Pettis getting there. Also, I have Dante Pettis getting one rush for five yards. Um, I don't think that he is going to be getting that many rush attempts since we brought in Debo Samuel. I think Debo and Jalen Hurd will be getting more rush attempts. Uh, so D Debo Samuel, I have him 67 targets, 41 receptions, 494 yards, and four touchdowns. So again, being a rookie wide receiver is very, very tough. I do think that Debo Samuel starts day one. But again, um, I don't think that we are going to pepper him with targets. As, as we look throughout this team, there's so many mouths to feed that we do not have to highlight a certain guy regardless of coverage. We can match up proof things and spread the ball around. Uh, Jalen Hurd, another rookie wide receiver. I have him getting 42 targets, 27 receptions, 287 yards, and three touchdowns. He's going to be used on the goal line. He's going to get touchdowns. I also have him getting 15 rushing attempts for 45 yards and two touchdowns. This is a guy that could come out and have seven total touchdowns his rookie year on very limited snaps and very limited targets. But whenever he is in there, he's going to be a matchup nightmare. I do think wide receiver is going to be his primary role. Um, and then we get to Marquise Goodwin, who Kyle Shanahan talked about today. 51 targets. 28 receptions, 331 yards, two touchdowns, and seven rushing attempts for 31 yards. So you can see how we have all of these different guys that are very similar. When Pettis, Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Goodwin, these are guys that have all been labeled slot wide receivers, but they are all wide receivers that can play outside, and they are all wide receivers that can do jet sweeps, reverses, and all that kind of stuff. So you see this formula that can take place, and I really think it is, man, where can we exploit matchups? Where's soft spot and zones? Let's take care of that on these slants, in-cutting routes, and get these smaller wide receivers with crazy speed. Jalen Hurd's not small. Um, and see if we can explode gigantic plays. Um, and that's what this offense is going to be. Kendrick Bourne, I have making the roster 21 targets. Um, I think he'll be a red zone specialty. So, again, 21 targets. 13 receptions, 112 yards, one touchdown. I, I don't think – I think he's going to be seeing the biggest cut um, in snaps with the addition of Debo Samuel. 
And then the last wide receiver I want to talk about is Trent Taylor slash Richie James. Um, you know, with Trent Taylor being healthy now and looking great, I am leaning much more towards him. I know in my roster projection I said I wanted Richie James, but that was dependent on Trent Taylor being healthy. And it seems like he is that way now, which is great. So whoever wins that last slot opportunity, I have that role getting 26 targets, 17 receptions, 120 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I don't think either one of those guys are going to get a lot of playing time. I think it's going to be a smaller role where they come in on third and two, third and three, things like that. And again, if we look at what happened last year, Trent Taylor, who played in 14 games, only had 20, uh, 26 receptions. Richie James only had nine receptions. So that's not a heavily targeted role anymore in this offense. Now, here's my big dog, George Kittle. Offensive MVP, just absolutely incredible. I have him receiving the most. So if we look at what he did last year, he led the team in pretty much every receiving category. He had 136 targets last year. I have that going up just a little bit to 141 targets, 91 receptions, 111, oh, sorry, 1,138 yards, and seven touchdowns. So I do have his yards dropping considerably, but have his touchdowns going up. You know, you look at George Kittle led the NFL in yards after the catch last year. Um, I think he's going to be near the top of that again, but you look at <laughs> what he did last year was remarkable. and It's never been done in the history of the NFL before. I do think that those numbers return a little bit, regress a little bit to the average, but uh, again, you're talking about a guy, a tight end, getting 90 catches, 1,100 yards, and seven touchdowns. That is fantastic. He'll be an all-pro uh, receiver this year. Uh, probably should have been an all-pro this year. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I think there's three tight ends that you can talk about at the top of the game. You know, you got Kelsey, you got Ertz, and you've got Kittle. There's no doubt to me who the best one is because Kittle's by far the best blocker, and he broke the all-time record for receiving yards. He's got to be an all-pro as long as he's healthy. He is just absolutely incredible. Now, the second tight end that I have making the roster is Caden Smith, this round's rookie, this year's rookie. I have him only getting 15 targets. Uh, nine catches for 79 yards and one touchdown. It, it's interesting because if you look at Caden Smith when he was in college at Stanford, he was a deep play wide receiver. He led all tight ends in the country in deep passing yards received. However, it's not really who he is. Uh, he just made plays whenever they needed to make plays, and they chunk it up to him. I don't think we ask him to do that, and our offensive system and route tree is much different than that. Um, so I think those numbers are going to just – 10 down a little bit and he'll be used almost as that extra blocker more often than not now i even wanted to talk about the kickers because robbie gold's been in the news uh, he's holding out we have a kicker holdout of a franchise tag um so with my numbers and for points scored and all this stuff i have us this is under robbie gold attempting 29 field goals with robbie gold will make 26 of them now jonathan brown our backup if you look at what he's done, if we attempt those same 29 field goals, I have him only making 21. So that's a difference in five field goals made over the course of the season. That's 15 points, obviously. That's a difference between, you know, 7-9 and nine and 9-7, nine and seven, in my opinion. Or that's a two-game difference. We play teams close. Kyle Shanahan all throughout um, his entire coaching, you know, whether he's offensive coordinator or head coach, he plays close games. It's just what it is. The kicker is important. I want Robbie Gold here. 
who knows what's going to happen there on the next mailbag episode that we have we're going to talk a little bit i've gotten a lot of questions about him but hopefully you've enjoyed this uh super intensive number heavy episode um hopefully your brain hasn't exploded or gotten confused or any of those things and if you have any questions please never hesitate to reach out to me twitter is probably the best way at jl underscore chapman or you can email me 49ers rush podcast at gmail.com and if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review the show that helps us out here the most thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.